Welcome to another episode of Hillcrest Church's podcast called Our Stories. Our Stories podcast provides you with an opportunity to listen in on a conversation that I have with someone associated with Hillcrest Church. I'm Engagement Director Jessica Fick here at Hillcrest Church, and I'm delighted to have Interim Pastor Brad Bergfalk here today as my guest. Hi, Brad. Hello, Jess. It's a little bit funny because you've been the one hey. introducing yourself and doing the recordings, but you're leading. So I am. I am indeed. we had to find somebody else to do it. So um, I would love to talk with you a little bit today about your experiences here at Hillcrest. So, but first of all, I want to know in your year ish here, uh, what have been some things you've enjoyed about Kansas City? As you, as you as you're getting ready to depart, what are the things you're thinking? Oh, I'll miss da 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 da. Yeah. Well, this is not the first time I've been asked that question, and um, so I've had a little bit of opportunity to think about it. When COVID hit and everything shut down, it kind of changed our ability to um, experience the culture and the arts and the activities that would usually accompany a world-class city like uh, Kansas City. But we tried to do as many things as we could. And um, Roxy and I did some hiking, some mm-hmm. walking. And uh, one hike we took, in fact, you and your husband were with us. Yes. Out at Shawnee Mission Park. That yeah. Was, that was stunning. In fact, I was surprised by how beautiful it was. Yeah. Um, I have, on my days off, on a regular basis, tried to uh, go visit museums mm-hmm. or art galleries or... Uh, various places that are notable in town. So I, yeah. I've done that while Roxy's been working. So um, it was pretty. It was pretty fun when I spent my one day off visiting um, the uh, baseball museum, oh, yeah. the Negro Baseball Museum, mm-hmm. and the Jazz Museum. That's a cool museum. And then I capped it all off by having barbecue at um, the bar. The the Gates. Yeah. No. Macy's. Oh, what is it called? Jack Stack. No, I'll just list all of the, the barbecue it's the places. One down there. It's like it's like right in that area. Oh, Arthur Bryant. Arthur Bryant. Yes. So, How could I forget so that? So I created this, you know, this you, this perfect little. You curated like an ideal off. afternoon in Kansas City. Um, be, beyond that, you know, we've tried to uh, to do as much as we can, but it, really, what we're going to miss about this place is the people. Mm-hmm. It's always that way. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I won't I won't name any names, but um, there's a lot of wonderful folks, both associated with Hillcrest Covenant Church and mm-hmm. other folks that I've gotten to know since I've been here, and it's uh, it's been wonderful. Yeah, that's great. I think I have been impressed, you know, in your time here, that you have really seemed to make easy connections with people in our community, you know, that are kind of Hill, uh, affiliated with Hillcrest that you've just built relationships with. Yeah. I mean, that uh, that's obviously one of my strategies coming in. So I guess I'm, I'm, uh, I'm revealing one of my secrets, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, unlike a regular pastor that gets called for a unli- unlimited period of time, mm-hmm. I know that I have a time certainty about yeah. my time. So I have, actually have to work faster mm-hmm. and harder early on coming in at trying to be um, connected to yeah. people. And yeah. I remember standing up the first couple of weeks that I was here and talking about a ceramic dog that was in the yard next door to the birch house. And I took a picture of it and 
I said, yeah, this is a great dog because it didn't make any noise. Um, and, <laughs> I remember that. And I was commenting about how the dog had become a good friend to me. And out of that comment, uh, a couple of people from the church sent me an email and said, hey, we'd like to come over to the Birch house and uh, we'll bring lunch and just get to know you. And and I can't tell you how many times mm. that's happened, not mm. only at the Birch house, but yeah. in, we lived for a period of time up in Old Overland Park and mm -hmm. and people have been really uh, generous and gracious too. So it's been, yeah. it's been great. That's great. It sounds like one of the things that you've really learned as an interim pastor is to be intentional with the time that you have. <laughs> that would be, that that should be written on my gravestone. <laughs> Here lies Brad Burkfolk, intentional. I mean, I think that's right. I think that's, that's uh, if you've observed that, thank you, because I think I am you know, in lots of ways. Um, not only intentional about trying to get to know people, trying to serve people to the best of my ability in, in, a, in this time frame that I have, intentional about solving problems mm -hmm. in a way that's redemptive. Yeah. All, of the, all of the intentionality is um, something that has just sort of I've learned over time that, that if, I, if I'm not intentional, mm -hmm. then something I could miss something that could that could set back my ability to, to have a, a positive influence on the congregation. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it. I think sometimes, you know, we can go about our days and when we meet people or have experiences, we think, Oh, that'd be cool to come back to that later. Or I'll catch up with right. someone, you know, some other time, but you don't really have the luxury of doing that right. because you know, you have a set amount of time. So one of the places I served was up in Alaska, and that was probably 10 years ago now. And we got a lot of military folks that mm -hmm. moved into the community, and they came to the church. And it, our life feels a whole lot like that kind of a life. Sure. But these military families that moved into the community, they found a church, they yep. got a doctor, you know, they got their library card, everything is done <laughs> yeah. immediately because they're going to be moving right. on within two, maybe three years. Yeah. So that's kind of the same uh, focus that Roxy and I have yeah. coming in. In fact, everywhere we go, the first thing that we do is get a library card. That's good. We have a great and, and we library did it system here. here. Yeah. We did it here. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I think it brings some, you know, urgency to the days that we often take for granted. So yeah, that's that's right. Well, what um, I'd love to hear some other lessons that Jesus has taught you uh, in your time as an interim pastor, because you have a really unique job and a really unique role that affords you opportunities yeah. to really, you know, like we were just talking about, be intentional. But I'd love to hear some of the other things that you feel like yeah. you've had insight into. Um, I hold I hold um, life loosely. That's and that might sound almost um uh, sacrilegious to hear a pastor say that, but um, a lot of the a lot of the things that before I was interim, interim pastor that I got wrapped around the axle about as a mm. pastor, whatever it may have been, I don't I don't have to get wrapped around the axle, and, and I, in many cases I don't. I try mm -hmm. not to. You know, a lot of a lot of times I think some of the the uh, the anxiety that I exhibited in my pastoral ministry when I was doing this uh, kind of on a permanent basis in churches was the, was I've got to somehow prove my mm. worth, my value as a, as a skilled pastor, which then translates in somehow I've got to prove to God yep. that I, my worth and my value has something to do with my abilities as a pastor. Mm -hmm. And 
that's a really dangerous step to, to take. So when I actually came into interim ministry, I realized that my value as a child of God is not related mm -hmm. to my success or failure in any given situation, yeah. whether it's my vocational role as a pastor or it could be anything. Yeah. And I think that lesson alone has been uh, has been life changing. For yeah. Me. Yeah. That's incredibly formative because so many of us wrap up our identities in the work that we do, the roles that we play, whether it's a parent or yeah. you know caregiver or athlete or something like that. So um, how do you think lay people would be able to experience more of that? Because that's a, I mean, that's a lifelong lesson of yeah. I am valued because Jesus loves me, yeah. pure and simple. Yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully you hit your preacher um, and I'm sure it'll be, it'll be true with your next pastor, Nate Powell, who I know to be a good pastor and, and uh, will serve this church well, but hopefully you'll hear it from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, hey, you know what? It's, it's, God loves you in spite of you. I think I've tried to say that on yeah. more than one occasion. But I think the I think where you actually learn it is when the wheels come off. Mm -hmm. And when you you get to the end of your resources, when you realize all of the things that you're trying to do to be successful, to be loved, to be effective mm -hmm. aren't working. Right. And then there's nothing except yeah. for your relationship to God. Yeah. Even your spouse can't can't encourage you out of that place. Right. And and I've been in that place on a, uh, a couple of occasions. I'm not saying that I enjoyed it while I was there, but I don't think I would have learned the lessons that I have about holding life and ministry loosely had I not been in that place of yeah. kind of desperation. Yeah. So sadly, the, the key to getting to that place <laughs> is people. desperation. <laughs> well, I mean, I do think a lot of us had a taste of that this year, this yes. past year during you know, quarantine, uh, yeah. the, the, our normal rhythms, our habits, the roles that we play, the places we go, um, you know, the coping mechanisms we had for life were all removed. So, um, you know, that's, that's a good opportunity for folks that maybe aren't as uh, self-reflective or contemplative to think about, you know, what are the things we turn to when the wheels do come off? Um, mm -hmm. and you've got kind of gotten to experience that in a, yeah, you know, one of the things too, I think COVID has done, because I, I obviously we've all reflected or mm -hmm. reacted or had to respond to it, pivot because yep. of it, is I think it forced us into a way of living that for most of us here in North America, um, we're not accustomed to, to that yeah. kind of lifestyle. And for some of us, you know, initially it was like, great, you know, my kids are home and I, I can I can work from my computer. And there was this early sort of enthusiasm sure. and curiosity about this life via Zoom. Yeah. And I think as the year went by, I think I think people grew tired of that. Frankly. Absolutely. I mean, I did. Yeah. Because there's something in me and I suspect this is true for all of us uh, where I yearned for you know, regular relational contact where I'm sitting in a room with somebody yes. and looking at them in the eye. Yes. You know, without a mask. Yeah. Without a mask. <laughs> and as good as, as, as Zoom Bible studies are yeah. and as effective as we could be as leaders having Zoom uh, HGB meetings, man, I, the last six or seven months where we've been able to uh, be, be in person in the same place has been way more, um, uh, exhilarating to me than before. Yeah. I think it underscores the importance, um, 
you know, a community of that Jesus created us for community, not to kind of do our, do our own thing. And even, even with zoom, uh, real live in-person communities. So yeah. and I, I, I may not be here, uh, as the interim pastor of the church, when the church actually opens up to that point, mm-hmm. but I can, I can tell intuitively, uh, that when, when that time comes, that this church is going to fully embrace some of those old ways that we we're church together. Yeah. And at the same time, I suspect there's going to be some aspects of the pandemic um, way of doing things that are not going to go away. Right. Um, you know, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we we continue to make online uh, worship yeah, streaming an absolutely. option. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, we had uh, routinely we offered Bible studies or groups mm-hmm. that included a, a, a Zoom based yeah. component. Because yep. I, I think that the world has changed in some ways that that I don't think anybody really knows what yeah. the ultimate impact is. I, I mean, for me, the impact has been I might not have been able to engage people in the time that I've been here like I would have otherwise. Sure. Um, but coming out of this, even, even once things are wide open, I suspect that it's going to be something like after 9-11 and you couldn't go to the gate and greet your family right. yeah. coming in from wherever they were flying into. Sure. I think I think those are some of the things that are going to be different. Yeah, Even except we're going to hug everybody as much oh, as yeah. we can That's all right. the time. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I would love to know, you know, for my last question, mm-hmm. what are some parting words or things that you hope for Hillcrest as we transition into a new season? Yeah. I'm glad you asked that because I, I think that um, the, the last words that somebody has to say before they leave uh, someplace, even Jesus for that matter, um, are, are often sometimes the ones that um, you should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting that I have any uh, insight that anybody else doesn't have. But I, I think one of the things that I would say to this church is um, um, is is continue to keep your eye on um, what it means to be the church Mm. in our time. And what I mean by that is uh, don't get caught up in in, uh, meaningless debates Mm. about things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't matter to God and they ought not to matter to us. Yeah. And I don't need to be any more specific than that because I'm not trying to be controversial, but I think that there's... uh, if we've learned anything during this COVID time, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that we spend a lot of time worrying about that we probably shouldn't. Yeah, I think the second thing I would say, and I'm saying this for Pastor Nate Powell's benefit, is um, support your pastor and the staff uh, to the best of your ability. So that means not only trying to get to know him and his family and the existing staff. I know mm-hmm. that there's been some staff uh, turnover here, so. There may be some people on the staff right now that you don't know, yeah. and you, sh- and it's your job to reach out and, and get to know them. And I would say, if Nate had a, a congregation that um, that loved him and supported him and um, and followed his his leadership in this place, that there's probably no place this church couldn't go. Yeah. And uh, the 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 last thing that I would say is um, continue to um, to be generous mm-hmm. with 
both your time and your resources. Um, I think sometimes we we get pretty good at making excuses. We're busy carting the kids to this event or to that sporting event, or we're 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 too tired because life at our job is mm-hmm. exhausting right now for a variety of of reasons that are probably legitimate. And what ends up happening is that our 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 the expression of our discipleship gets kind of set on the sidelines. Yeah. And I I want to encourage you whoever you are who might be listening to this, to not let that happen. Mm -hmm. I think part of being a healthy, well-balanced person of faith means that um, there are some aspect of your life that uh, has an ongoing commitment to to service in the church or service to ministries affiliated with the church. And likewise, uh, the generous part, I mean, it might seem obvious, but um, uh, there's no, there's no time that I can think of in the life of the church in my 35 years of being a pastor where generosity was not more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason for that is because there's lots of people that are hurting and there's That's lots right. of needs that Hillcrest Covenant Church can continue to, uh, address. The other reason for that is because, um, uh, generous churches tend to, to, um, take risks and and reflect the character of God's kingdom more mm-hmm. more creatively and more accurately than than churches that aren't generous. Sure. It's more of a heart posture exactly. of I'm willing willing to sure. risk and see exactly. what God will do. So So those are my three things. Yeah. Take it well, or leave it. <laughs> that's great. I really appreciate that. Well thank you, Brad, for taking the time to share your story with us. Um, we've been so grateful for your time here as an interim pastor and I definitely know that uh, we will we will miss you and continue to pray for you as you go on your next adventure. So if you have a conversation to share that you think others in our congregation would like to hear, please send us an email at info at hillcrestcub.org and we will look forward to hearing your story on a future episode of Our Stories podcast at Hillcrest Church.